What is up, y'all? Welcome to Horseman Country. Welcome to Culture. I am your host, Leslie Lee III. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Of course, playing the classic WCW NWA Horseman theme song because tonight of one of the many big wrestling news stories we're talking about here on Wednesday Night Wrestling as we do every Wednesday night before Dynamite. I'm your host, Leslie Lee III, in case I didn't say that already. And we're talking Horseman because Ric Flair announced finally his retirement match. The real one. I thought he already had one in WWE. He also had what was called a special legends match with Sting in TNA, which was his last in-ring match so far. But this week he did announce that at 73 years old, he will be wrestling once again. Uh, But we'll get into that and the other big news of the week after I get my guests on here. Because, you know, we like to pull in all these great people from the world of wrestling to talk about wrestling. And I love, of course, this is calling. We're going to be taking your calls as well. So get those wrestling questions, takes, opinions, get them ready, drop drop them on us. But our first guest, go ahead, unmute yourself, man. Introduce yourself, a returning champion to culture. I, I, I'm very hyped up by uh, playing the Four Horsemen theme. <laughs> Hell yeah. That I, I feel like it's 1995 right now. <laughs> very excited. Um, which is about when Ric Flair's career probably should have ended. Uh, my name is William. I do a lot of different things. I do way too many projects. No, no. Every time you come on, you say that, but you don't enunciate how cool your projects are. So I want you to go through the list, please. Thank you. So, um, I do a webzine called Signifying Nothing that is, uh, chronicles of my print fanzines from 1995 to 2002. Um, it is coming back as a print zine uh, whenever I get to that folder of stuff. Um, I also do the Hardcore Show Flyers uh, Punk Gig Archive uh, that is going through some uh, renovations right now, I guess. But that's some of the coolest shit in the world, <laughs> really. Like, I, I, I think I knew that before I like we ever interacted on Twitter. Oh really? Oh wow, that's 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 really cool. Um, I also do. Um, uh, what are those other things I do? Um, I also do the uh, bring back eighties anime hair. Twitter yes, hair, uh, which is uh, pretty um, uh, self described, uh, self explanatory. Like it, I I don't know why we ever went away from it. I I'm, we need to be return guys for eighties anime Leslie, in general, and especially the hair. Um, And that was kind of the realization I had um, at some point, like about three years ago, I was watching uh, Macros, Do You Remember Love, which has some of the most beautiful animation I've ever seen in my once in a while, I pull up the video of of Min May singing where like, and it did like, pull in all the like the the clips of like like um like the robotex and rick hunter flying and stuff like that and it is just the most badass thing i've ever seen in my life and yes we need to bring back 80s anime hair um and i also uh do the uh retro gaming podcast giraffe feels 
Um, and I'm actually going to break some news right now. Oh, um, hell yes. Since you've, you've encouraged me to do this, um, and you've been so kind to have me on here once in a while. Um, Giraffe Fails has been going on for six years and actually is going to be ending. Oh, um, we are, I have done 90 episodes. I'm going to get to a nice rounded off 100. We're going to go for some nice rounded off even numbers, Birdemic style. And so I, I, we're going to do 10 more episodes and then that is going to turn into zines as well. I'm just going to cut and paste and glue things for the rest of my life. I've decided. Oh, beautiful, um, beautiful. So, so that is breaking, uh, 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 Wednesday night wrestling news. <laughs> exclusives uh, here, yeah, exclusive. exclusive for 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 you guys. Um, that yeah, and there's I don't know, there's a whole bunch of reasons why, but like, um, that I can get into it, and I'm sure I will get into it at some point. But yeah, um, yeah. So breaking, yeah, breaking some news here. Yeah, Leslie, uh, you're truly the the Dave Meltzer of um, my podcast listening. Well, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to get on that level. And or is Dave Meltzer actually the <laughs> Dave Meltzer of my podcast listening? I guess he is technically. Yeah. He's, he's Dave Meltzer. Is, there's only one Dave. Well, and... let me put it like this: Dave Meltzer is the morning Dave Meltzer of my podcast listening. Leslie, you can be night evening. All um, right. Because at the gym, I listen to Bix and Zellner on Between the Sheets. So, because uh, those episodes are all like 80 hours long. <laughs> See, that's the one thing I don't do. I do short episodes on on the podcast. And speaking of, yeah. let's let's yeah. keep the sh- I'm going to keep the show moving. We have another guest. It's first time he he reached out to me. I was so excited that he did. Uh, Mark Malara, thank you so much for joining us. Go ahead, unmute yourself. It's at the bottom of the screen. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and how people can find you. Well, first of all, thank you uh, for having me on. Uh, longtime listener and uh, follower on Twitter, of course. Um, I love love the politics, love the wrestling. Uh, all of it. Um, but yeah, I'm a New York, upstate New York native, uh, real upstate. We're talking border to Canada. Uh, you know, the, the worst accents you've ever heard in America. <laughs> and uh, then moved out to L.A. Uh, well, actually, there's a little bit missing in the middle there. Uh, that was my wrestling time. Uh, so after, uh, during college, I uh, went to OBW, packed it all up in a car, I went and lived in an extended stay America hotel uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and did training over the summer with. uh, Oh, you you pulled the Serena Deeb. Uh, Well, I I, I guess you wait till you got out of college. Serena Deeb did it as soon as she got out of high school. She packed her bags and drove to OVW. It's like I'm a wrestler now. (laughs) Well, I have a lot of respect for her because she was my first match. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, it was a mixed tag. I forget who she was teamed with, but she was the general. You know, she had been there probably four or five years at that point. Uh, And she was incredible. Um, Really smooth, easy to work with. Like I said, my first match. So you got Rip Rogers sitting, you know, out watching. And when we wrapped up, he was like, I've seen worse on TV. So I was going to get out of that. Yeah. Oh, Rip Rogers. He is such a trip. I hope everyone is. does, Does he still tweet? I recall him at least during the start of the pandemic, but I don't know uh, at this point. 
he was a yeah, very funny follow uh, a few years ago. He may still be, but the algorithm is just hiding from a very good uh, wrestling mind out there. But thank yes, you so yes. much uh, uh, for joining me. And you've also had a bit of time in the on the WWE creative team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so basically um, finished up the OVW thing over the summer. You know, I probably would have pissed my parents off if I quit college and stayed there. So instead, I tried to parlay that to a job on the creative team and I hit the people up all throughout my senior year and eventually got the interview with Brian Gewertz, Dave Lagana, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes was uh, detained or something <laughs> to make the interview, which was great because then eventually I met him and uh, it was a, you know, uh, an interesting relationship that, that formed but uh yeah it was a great time uh barring the uh double murder uh suicide uh the chris benoit uh situation yeah. other than that i loved my time uh at the wwe during that era all right so and also i've invited uh kevin from pwi on thank you so much for uh, accepting an invitation go ahead and mute yourself tell people where they can find you because i am so happy to have you on because we got some huge wrestling news to go over yeah leslie thanks for inviting me it's good to, good to be back on here um yeah i'm editor-in-chief of pro wrestling illustrated for the last couple of years the magazine is still around it is not just a 500 list um I try to make it so that people understand that it's not, uh, not to, no offense to like car and driver and motor trend and all these magazines that like you, you hear motor trend truck of the year or car and driver like, <laughs> of the year, but you never see the magazines anywhere. Um, trying to get PWI back out there. We're still doing it. Not quite as kayfabe as we used to be, but uh, we're, we're out there in the same spirit covering it as, you know, both sport and art form. And we're, at pwi-online.com, uh, at official PWI on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Instagram, anywhere else. And uh, yeah, that's want to get that out there well, more than my own. Can, can, can I just say can that um, ten ten year old me would really be impressed <laughs> by the fact that I'm on a podcast with someone from pro wrestling? <laughs> well, well, so would ten year old me because I, I mean. I <laughs> I would be the coolest person they'd ever met, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, All I'll right. Second, I'll second that. Def definitely got to second that. PWI was my Time Magazine growing up. Yeah, Nintendo Power and PWI. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, Mark, if you if you're spilling the beans, what do they? What do people think internally about PWI during your time there? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, and I'll so say, Ke I don't think Kevin was there, so you can be honest. <laughs> I feel like they regarded it in some ways as a slightly more legitimate dirt sheet uh, because, and I have a story for that. Basically, my first night uh, as, you know, working on the Raw team, I, they asked me, can you go find, uh, a, create a list of every Intercontinental Champion ever? Now, this wasn't on the website at the time, the WWE website. So I scrolled through, you know, WrestleZone or whatever website. Cena walks into the room, sees me on the site and goes, this fucking guy's on the dirt sheets. His first <laughs> night on the on the road, and everybody like descended upon me, and I was like, "You bastard!" Uh, so I, I do think I think there's a, a bit of a like love loss, you know, interesting relationship with PWI because they promoted you know the WWF during that the early years, but they also were promoting every other company. So there's a bit of competition there. All right, so let's get into this wrestling news, folks. If you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock, 
Sasha Banks, and Naomi, two of the top stars in the WWE, the current women, women's tag team champions. News came out on Monday that they walked out. They pulled a stone cold. They were not happy with the creative plans that were going on, did not feel respected as champions, and they took their ball and went home as Vince McMahon might phrase it. I don't quite feel it that way. In fact, I, I have to be honest. I have to be honest as a journalist. I have been waiting for Saja Banks to leave the WWE for forever because I saw her very early on in her career, and she was a obviously a savant. A protege and someone who absolutely loved my favorite thing in the world, Joshi Pro Wrestling. And I always wanted to see her go to uh, Japan and wrestle, but she got signed very, very early on. And I really just haven't, I don't watch WWE. I don't like its style that much. So I haven't really watched her in all these years that she's been there. And she's like, and this isn't the first time where she's been extremely open about being unhappy uh, as a WWE employee where, and, and you know, it's just been I'm I, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them to walk out. I'm I'm so happy, and they're not the first wrestlers or uh, to do it. Even this year, uh, Tony Storm uh, walked out as well. And I'm just happy to, to see that with AEW, with you know the rise of the indies, wrestlers are knowing more of their worth and know that they don't have to stay somewhere that they're unhappy. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I, I think she's a phenomenal talent. Um, I I was just getting into watching NXT when she had that match with Bailey on that the show that that Liger was on as well, and I was blown away by her. Um, she is incredibly impressive, and like you said, she's had other issues one one has to wonder now about all those i love vince mcmahon tweets now like what, what was going on with that um and i'm i'm super curious about what's next and i'm reading right now that they have pulled her and naomi off of yes. shows until the end of june at least yeah, and there has been a little bit of a PR war going on with WWE mm -hmm. going hard today. Uh, some of their obvious plants and shields are putting out articles about how mm -hmm. Sasha Banks has a bad attitude and no one likes her and everyone thinks they're silly for quitting, yada, yada, yada. The normal stuff that you're going to expect uh, from Vince and his lackeys. But uh, for me, I all I have to say is, like, I am happy for them. I am – I do – I can understand why some people might think who gives a shit how you're treated on TV is just WWE. It's just a job. But hey, they take that shit seriously. And if they're putting their bodies, their necks, their lives on the line for this company for decades and for years and years, why not give them what they want if they care so goddamn much? I don't know what the problem is. I will uh, go full on pretentious with this and say that like this is about her to some extent, her art and legacy, because she's already, you know, hit some really big highs, multiple championship reigns, and then, of course, main event at WrestleMania last year. But, you know, at this point, I, I kind of look at it as, like, she's someone who can go off. She can do these other projects. She's already been on The Mandalorian. She has, you know, this buzz around her that she might transition over into acting or Hollywood. And I think she can do it. She's char charismatic enough. She has... You know, just she's magnetic. People are drawn to her. I think uh, it's 
it's only a matter of time before she goes off and has her post wrestling career, whatever that is, whether that's, you know, in Hollywood or something else entirely with the occasional wrestling thrown in there. But well, she doesn't, I don't think she needs to be in WWE and, and, I, and I, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but I actually don't think it's inevitable because it would be very easy to like give her what they want and keep her happy and she could be in Hollywood and in WWE. They just don't like doing that shit for almost anybody. Like, uh, she was actually upset about the fact that they didn't promote her during the, her Mandalorian and she talks about how grueling her Mandalorian schedule was because they didn't give her really any breaks from the WWE. She was red eye to shoot the show and then red eye to go back and uh, wrestle. I actually have a clip uh, from, of all people, uh, Logan Paul having a very interesting conversation with Sasha Banks about, you know, exactly what we're talking about. I'll play it right now. I'm John Cena. You have the rock and it's like, Where's the, where's that woman's name next to it? Yeah. Let's go. You know? so I love that. Like, no, you're doing it, Sasha. It's so cool. It's something I look at with the WWE is always I'm all, well, not just WWE like anything. I'm always trying to like transcend. Yeah. Break the barriers. And you do stuff outside of the WWE as well and I'm assuming you have some sort of 5-year plan to expand your arsenal, <laughs> right? You were, you were already did uh you were in the Mandalorian yes. last season. Yeah. Oh, some, wow. some 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 real Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Is more of this happening? Are you going to break out and become that superstar of the world? Yes, I am. Let's go. Yes, I am. You know, it's, it's kind of really hard to do with the WWE schedule. I mean, when I shot The Mandalorian last year, it went from doing TV, doing live events, and then just getting on a plane, going to L.A., shooting all week, getting on a red eye, going back to TV, putting my hair in, taking my hair out <laughs> for three months. Mm. For three months. And it was just, Wow. So if I'm going to take over the world, it's like, I got to choose one or the other. And that's the hard part to think of because wrestling has been my life, my whole life. So when that time and the opportunity comes, it's like, I really have to to sit back and think like, what's next? You know, is it full time Hollywood? Is it full time, you know, doing something else that I, I, you know, I have passions about? Or is it still being here and, and making more history and changing the game and leaving a legacy that's forever cemented but i feel like i've already done that mm, you, you know you, yeah. i feel like i'm already a hall of famer i already feel like i've done it all so it's like what is that last last legacy piece that i can leave here mm. i'm still searching for mm, it mm, mm. it's a big switch mm-hmm. and you're right you're right like everyone who is the best at what they do usually does that thing yeah a hundred percent so doing it both and trying to you know have this balance is tough but I personally in hollywood for me it's it's a little it's it's a little much. Hurry up and wait. Mm. You know you're on everyone else's time. Hey, that's enough of pine from uh, Logan Paul. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but as you can see, like you know, she was. I actually that that it gives me a little bit of pause because she doesn't see she doesn't talk mention like going and wrestling other places, which I hope she sure. does while she's taking over Hollywood. Please, please, please. I'm sure Rossi. Ogawa has got a bag with Sasha Banks' mm, name on it. Sure. Hell yeah. yeah. Yes. I, you know what? I, but this is why I think if in terms of leaving like a legacy and trying to do things that matter to her, feel meaningful to her, people are, you know, talking about, the, you know, oh, it's just the tag team title and like it's nothing to get that upset over. And if she's a busy woman and she is off doing some of this other stuff already or trying to do this stuff and taking meetings even, she's, you know, got this wild schedule and then 
what's her mania pitch? Like, okay, you can be in this, this tag title program with Naomi and then you can kind of get some of that magic backyard with the uh, golden role models with Bailey a couple of years ago. And if she's feeling really good about that and all of a sudden the rug's pulled out from under her, yeah, I could see that being a catalyst. And there's, there's rumors of contract issues with both her and Naomi as well. So I could see that being like just the straw that broke the camel's back, basically. It's a work. It's not a work. <laughs> you heard it from me. It's a work. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I'm also the person that thought it was a work when uh, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. So uh, I maintained that for weeks afterwards. I was like, they just let it go too far. They didn't know how to pull it back, you know. Uh, but I think that this is a very interesting situation in which um, if it worked for Tony Storm, you know, uh, and it ruffles feathers in the right way, they'll, they might just wash their hands of it and then they're, they're free to go and do whatever they want to do. And as she said with Logan Paul, it's like, it's almost like she doesn't really care if she burns that bridge for now, because we all know, you know, never say never in the pro wrestling industry. So she'll go back, you know, she'll get into the hall of fame later. if This all blows over eventually. Yeah, Vince will take basically almost anyone back. So, like, he doesn't have that much leverage once you've, like, hit the ceiling, which she seemingly has. Because, I mean, she even says herself, like, um, I have to choose one or the other. Like, Brock Lesnar doesn't have to choose one or the other. When they thought the Miz was, Miz doesn't have to choose one or the other. Like, uh, like there's several people in the WWE who can do both. Um I would notice that most of them are men and uh, white. Even The yes. Rock caught mm. some shit from WWE, mm. and like they, what what they like into his contract, right? Like they didn't re- like at, at they a didn't certain point. It. Yeah, they didn't renew The Rock's contract, <laughs> so they really have a fucking uh, specific attitude with certain people when it comes to this sort of thing, expanding out Hollywood, Mickey James, someone else, uh, mm-hmm. she, who got fired straight up fired because she recorded a country album without doing it, uh, do, um, doing it through like WWE as if they had like a record as if they had like a Nashville recording studio or something with their name on it. I, but I digress, but you know, there are, they do make exceptions for people and they should be making exceptions for Sasha Banks because she is someone who should already be a much bigger star. She's cousins with Snoop Dogg, who is, you know, one of the most famous people in the world. And she could be doing a lot more than house shows in Poughkeepsie. The rub is, the rub is only going to do the WWE like better. Like they're, they're going to look better to have a woman of color you know, breaking out, doing movies, doing TV, whatever it is, it only makes everybody look better to allow that, to foster that. So I, I never understand this sort of like proprietary sense. And, you know, having worked there, I think I do actually maybe know a little bit of what that is. It's maybe holdover from the old years of like these women are kind of not property, but like there's a possessiveness. So like, for example, when I got there. Um, before I was a, a as when I was a writer's assistant there, I uh, it was funny because one of the first things they said was like, "Don't hook up with any of the divas." They were called divas, of course, back then. And I was like, "Well, what if there's magic? What if there's, you know, the fireworks? You know, how how will we stop this?" And you know, maybe there was whatever, you know, occasionally or something. But I never did anything because it was like, that's that's the that's the boys' territory, if you will. So it could be a part of it too. 
That's fucking weird. That's yeah. fu- no, it no, no. Weird. They're allowed to hook up with divas, but you aren't. That's <laughs> yes. fucking. Yeah, you little. That's fucking dark right. as. That's kind of. That's fucking dark, man. Yeah. That's fucking dark. Like that's a corporation. They're a public. You can't say it. You're a publicly traded corporation. Jesus Christ. They have a fucking yeah. human resources department, and they talk like that. It's oh amazing. My. Amazing. All right, I have another clip from uh, Sasha. Chatting it up with Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of those guys who at times was able to get a special exception or two. Um, before I was a, a super fan, just thankful to be here. Thankful for my hot dog. Thank you for my pizza. Thank you for my time and my, my TV time. But there comes a point where you can be thankful, grateful, and blessed. But they have to know there's a chapter after that. And that's where I'm at. I'm on a whole different level. I'm done with the, I'm thankful, I'm done with the pizza, I don't eat that anymore. I eat steak, like Vince McMahon, with vegetables, <laughs> like him, yes. because I can be that. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm not, can I please be signed? I'm, I'm here, I'm signed, I've been here, I put in the work. And if I see myself where I want to see myself, I'm at Vince McMahon's level. And that's just no. that. I now I, I think I know what those I love Vince McMahon tweets are about. I love Vince McMahon because I want to become that level yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of like how Kanye liked Trump. I really it's probably it's fairly similar <laughs> admiration. Yeah. Uh Yeah, but we got our first caller on the line. Hansi, how's it going? Thank you so much for holding on for uh so long while we ran our m- miles. What do you want to talk about tonight? Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the Sasha Banks thing. Listen, I, listen, Leslie, you follow me, so you know that I'm all over with the, uh, the, the I'm all over the place with my conspiracies and all that. But I'll, I'll keep it sane for your show because I know you have integrity and all that. I, don't wanna, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate I don't, it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of an ex WWE writer and all that. You know what I mean? Everyone <laughs> over here. But, but no, but I'll, I'll say this. What's it called? Whatever's designing this image of whatever, whatever's happening with Sasha Banks and Naomi, I think. It's gonna be like a, a, a like I don't know that maybe there's like a, a sign of good where like maybe this will be one of the main issues because like you know listen they both have uh you know a, a big following a very loyal following I and I've been saying it I I said it before AW even came up I go if they, if AW is gonna go kind of compete with WWE they would need uh four guys and, and I'm not saying they get all the guys but I said Brock um uh, Punk. Cena or Brian, and I said the one woman that might change the game if she ends up leaving WWE and going to AEW, I said it would be Sasha Banks. I think if if Tony signs her, what's it called? She'll because she's so respectful for the business that I think that she will honestly make Tony Khan present women a lot better. Like if Tony Khan has her and she's not satisfied with how women are presented, she can have enough pull. And that's good. And I think a lot of old heads like Bully Ray and Road Dog are, are a little pissed off that a woman like her is able to um, go at Vince McMahon and fucking say, you know, your, your ideas suck and I'm, t- I'm taking my ball and going home. Everyone should have yeah. that kind of attitude. Everyone should have that kind of attitude, and any anyone that's saying that she's unprofessional, a lot of these people. I, 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 I don't want to bring race into it, but what the call? A lot of these people are fucking racist assholes who are threatened by a very, <laughs> a, 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 in a way where like a, a black woman can be aggressive to the corporations, and yet we 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 condemn them and say they're unprofessional when the entire industry is built on unprofessionalism, and it's but people have gotten away with so much shit in the past. Oh yeah, unprofessional. 
So I'll leave you guys with that. And thank you for letting me air my uh, grievances, man. Peace well, out. Yeah, thank you so much for a great call, Hansi. I think that's your yeah. best one. That was what mm. absolutely you nailed it. You nailed it. There is it, the reaction to it was extremely racist. Uh, from I, I, it's so strange to me, right? Like, what are you if you're just a fan of the company? WWE like don't you like the wrestlers wouldn't you even be wouldn't you just be hoping that WWE like brings back your tag team champions as soon as possible why would you be mad at um Naomi and Sasha but I actually did this is not new the there were a lot of fans who did think Brett screwed Brett there were a lot of fans who did say Stone Cold took his ball and go home. I interacted with them. I, I saw the, these were real people that actually existed. And I don't know if there is just like a base level 30% of wrestling fans who just like authority and just will lick any boot that's in front of them and just love authority figures. I don't know. But for me, I, I support the wrestlers. I stick with the wrestlers. I side with the wrestlers in these uh, labor spoofs. And again, like... Like, if she gives a shit, give her what she wants, because I know most of your roster doesn't give a shit. If, if, I, 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 I'm yep. sorry. I, if, I mean, they, not that they don't give a shit about their job, but they don't care if they're this or that champion or this or that, as long as they're getting paid, right? Like most of them don't really, aren't really that intense about it as Sasha Banks clearly is. So give her what she wants. What's so hard about that? Yeah. And one of the things for me, I was thinking about this this morning when you, tweeted you know the stuff we were going to talk about you know, as you get older too um you know i'm 42 i'm going to be 43 in a couple months um you start to really think about money you know i just as i we talked about uh, the last time i was on i just bought a house and i was dealing in money amounts that like anything above like ten thousand dollars you might as well be like trump elon musk money like it, it's you know it makes no sense to me anymore and there's a certain point in your life where, like, and I make a good, solid union wage at my job. I'm very proud of the work I do. At, but, like, at a certain point, like, money, money and happiness, the happiness has to come first. And, and, and I think a lot of people go to WWE with, this idea, with one of two ideas. One, that that's where they're going to get paid the most. And two, you have that generation that all wanted to be at WrestleMania or whatever. And I think on the, for the latter, I think there's less and less of those because now you're going to have a generation that's going to come up watching New Japan and Stardom and Ring of Honor and AEW. They're going to want to they're going to want to headline uh, all out, not WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom. And the other thing too is when the money. And at the levels of money that a lot of these wrestlers are making, you can you, maybe WWE is the highest offer, but for like a, a bit less, you can go elsewhere and still and, and be like happy and fulfilled. And yeah, like you're saying, Leslie, I think a lot of the people in WWE they wrestle like they just don't give a shit, and and that's why I don't watch it. <laughs> I, All right, so we've talked 
about we i think we're all on board with sasha and naomi i hope you know things work out for them if they want to leave i hope they're let out of their contracts i don't know what the situation is wwe does seem intent on smearing at least sasha but in but they're kind of softening the blow on naomi the rumor that they fed was that sasha had like kind of tricked naomi into leaving mm-hmm. so naomi might be welcome back but sasha's you know now the tr- a troublemaker or whatever well, they right. related to Roman. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the marriage. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. So, moving on to the other big story of the week, Ric Flair, woo, is having another match. Can you believe it? For people <laughs> who who do know who do not know about the kiss stealing, will and dealing. High flying son of a gun, Ric Flair. I do have a classic promo to play for you right now. Ric Flair will be in the cage, no disqualification, and no time limit. You know, Tony Schiavone, you and I have been friends for what, five, six years? This is from November 8th, 1987, NWA World Championship Wrestling. This sport from my end. And you know what really hurts a lot of people out there? If you know any history about Ric Flair, you know that the difference between me and just about everybody else is I was born with a golden spoon in my mouth. Nobody likes that. They might say Ric Flair's a good guy. It's the old adage that you like to hear somebody's doing pretty good, but you don't want to hear they're doing better than you. You see? And the bottom line is, my whole career, I've always done better than anybody else. Only because of one reason. I was born with a golden spoon. I inherited the ability. I inherited the money. I inherited the God-given best looks in the world today. And with this, I dress myself in Opus Wade. I dress myself in cashmere. Yeah. I dress myself in $100 pleated slacks. I dress myself in alligator shoes. I wear a $15,000 Rolex. I got Mercedes-Benz, Rolls-Royce, the biggest house on the biggest hill, on the biggest side of town. You know why I got all that? Because I was born with a golden spoon. Wow. That is Ric Flair. That is Ric Flair. And he's he's having his last match. Now, I know many, many negative things to say about Ric over the years. But, uh, you know, I got to ask, is with someone as big a legacy as he has, are you excited about him having this send off or are you already kind of done with Ric? I, I, I love to see Ric Flair do Ric Flair. And my hope would be that it would be in some kind of, you know, tag match or something in which he basically just, you know, uh, gets his moment, you know, to shine. And uh, that is the rumor that it will be a tag match involved, also possibly involving Ricky, the dragon steamboat. All right. All right. You know, for the legacy purposes only, you know, I could kind of stomach it, but I, I would recall like uh, one of those Saudi Arabian shows where, you know, triple H is out there with Shawn Michaels and they're both bald as, you know, oh. and I'm just like, and just that image was like, I don't want to see that, you know, that's yeah. just too far. 
Uh, but Flair has always looked flabby. The only thing is this recent health scare seemed far more serious than, you know, than, than other things. So I just hope he's okay. Uh, the novelty, sure. It's fun, Ric Flair, but I hope that this doesn't continue. <laughs> That's for his own health. Yeah. Um, I, like I said earlier, I really think this dude should have, you know, retired gracefully in 95 when he had the, the feud with Arn that they um, reconciled. And and uh, what they should have done was, uh, you, know, pe- you know, they reconcile. Sting's like, wait, what happened? You know, Pillman kicks him in the nuts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they reformed the Horsemen with Benoit and somebody else. Um, I always thought that Dustin Rhodes would have been a great Horseman. Um, and, 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 and then Rick kind of slides into the Oli uh, role. And a lot of this wouldn't have happened. Um, yes. and, and yeah, with the, with the health... And and that horrible war games the next year too um, when that happened, um, you know, and with the health situation too, yeah. I was thinking about that this morning as well, and how, man, when that health scare was that three four years ago now, that was like a couple weeks where people just didn't know what was going to happen to him, and I would wake up every day and see his name trending, and I would click on that assuming the worst. That's how bad it was, from what I hear. Yeah. I mean, people really thought he was gone. Yeah. And for him now, yeah, the dude just got to stop at this point. Although, I do have to say, I'm watching a video that did go viral. It has about 2.5 million views of Ric Flair and Jay Lethal training April of this year. And Rick's well, taken, t- takes a body slam and takes a couple of bumps and gives, I mean, he doesn't look great uh, by any means. Uh, Ric Flair, Jay Lethal Wrestling, if you want to look it up, doesn't look great, I have to say. But he's there. You know, he's getting it. He's He could get through a tag team match is what I'm saying from what it looks like this training session. He could get through a tag team match. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we have to remember that these guys are Apollo Creed. They're all, they're, like, very few guys are going to, mm. you know, with the exception of, like, Muhammad Hassan or someone, you know, who went in to be a teacher and then, like, a comic book writer or whatever. But, you know, guys like Flair, they're just, this is everything to them. They would rather die in the ring like Apollo Creed, you know, than, than to fade away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks... I am so sorry. I have a wonderful panel tonight, but I have to cut the show a little bit short because I do have to do get on struggle session. But everyone, thank you so much uh, for joining us on this uh, wonderful episode. Uh, I've had a great time talking with y'all. I want to have you all again on a longer show. I'm so sorry I have to cut a little bit short. But before we get off the line, I have to ask each of you, who's going to be the Jokers tonight on AEW Dynamite? Owen Tournament. Samoa Joe's opponent and who is it? Britt Baker's opponent. Lots of rumors flying around. I need a pick from each of you. Who's going to be the Jokers? Okay. I am going with Maki Ito. Ooh. And for the men, I, you know, I watched that New Japan show on Saturday night. I'm going with Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, I guess I would just go possibly with like, I don't know, did Pillman Jr. do a qualifying? I'd like to see him in the Owen Hart realm uh, just because of the connections. Did he do a qualifying match? 
I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. I don't I'd, think so. I'd love to see something like that. No. I mean, it's unlikely, but I would just love to see the Pillman Hart family sort of connection again. Uh, and I'm stumped for as far as the, uh, the women's division. Couldn't tell you. Kevin, do you know already? No, I don't know. <laughs> That's not the kind of thing we do. It, it, uh, and although sometimes we know because it's people know that that's not the kind of thing we do. We don't link things. <laughs> um, but no, I, I honestly have no concrete idea. I think the realistic pick is what I heard Brian Alvarez say earlier on Wrestling Observer Live, and he he said Miro on the men's side. Oh, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And Athena Ember Moon on the women's side. I will throw my own pick in just as a wild card because I haven't heard too many other people say this. My pick is going to be uh, Johnny and Candace wrestling, respectively. Okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. I have I heard that. It's actually going to happen, but if it does, I'm going to look like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have heard that one as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Athena for the women. You know, that is in Houston, Texas, yep. home mm-hmm. debut. I'm also going to hope for Claudio yep. Casignoli as the men yeah. on the men's side. Awesome. I would love to That'd see it. That would be great. Amazing. And I think Tony, Tony Khan wants to flex. He likes flexing. So I don't <laughs> like Miro coming back. That's a great story, but it's not a flex. Right. We yeah. already know he works there. I think Tony Khan, he wants to do, he wants to do a flex if he, anytime he can. Yeah, and that's the same reason why I saw some grumblings this morning about Omega too, and that's why I don't no. think it's going to be Omega either. Yeah, because I, I think I don't, I don't think yeah, that this is the right time for that. It is not the right time. Th- that would be the only like returning guy that I think would that count would as enough. a flex. Fle- that would be big enough uh, for this. Yeah, even though Miro is absolutely great and he needs to be back. But hey, did we? F- I guess we found out part of the reason why Miro's gone is that he's been in Hollywood himself. He shot a pilot for some new procedural that I think is is about. I think it's called East New York or something like that, or West New York. And he's playing like a like a bag a, a bad guy in the trailer, <laughs> and it's like. It looks cool as shit uh, for him. Uh, I don't know if the show's probably going to be crap, uh, CBS <laughs> yeah, crap, but CBS, he, so yeah, but but man, the potential for him as like a mo- actor as well, like he could be in a lot of good action movies. Yeah, yeah I think he's sure. got the, fa- the it factor. All right, folks. Well, I'm going to go ahead, call it there. Thank you so much uh, for listening to culture we will see you next week for wednesday night wrestling have a good one thank you so much to our guests and callers have a good night enjoy dynamite